Welcome back to Let's Talk. I am as flabbergasted as everyone else right now, and I am in the middle of figuring out coronavirus. We are looking at staying home for a while, so I want to talk about what we're doing and share some of what we are doing to prepare and some of the things that I'm thinking about. This is all evolving pretty quickly in real time, so I will share my thoughts and where we are today. Today, I am recording this on Saturday, March 14th. So first things first, the most important thing to say is that I am a parent, I am a citizen of the United States, and I am not a practicing medical doctor, I don't work for the CDC, Um, I am a researcher and a writer, and I run a company called Startup Pregnant. So I am going to share my thoughts as a citizen, but please do not construe this as medical advice, and if there are inaccuracies, I really highly encourage you to follow sources like the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC or whatever you have in your local government and to stay on top of the news, not obsessively as many of us can want to check, but to look for reputable sources and check them once or twice a day just to make sure that you're apprised of what's going on. Also, I am recording this on a Saturday, so you will probably hear my children who are in the other room with my husband, and you may hear my husband come in because he is, it's early in the morning, and he may need to get things from our home office slash bedroom slash exercise facility. As many of you know, I record this podcast from New York City, and we live in one of those tiny New York City apartments, and my home office is also our workout studio, which is also our bedroom. It is all one tiny little puzzle piece and we're all stacked in here together. So if you hear them or if I have to break on this podcast, it's because of these reasons. So the first thing I want to do is walk us through what coronavirus is and why we all need to be taking some basic steps for preparation. And they're not too complicated, the steps that we need to do to prepare, but uh, they are really important that we do. So I wanted to take time on a podcast to talk about why they're important and what you can do and explain what we're doing. And you know, the TLDR here, if you don't know that phrase, TLDR stands for too long, didn't read. So I guess in a podcast, it would be TLDL, too long, didn't listen. Um, but the the nuts and bolts here are wash your hands really, really well. We got to stop touching our face and picking our nose. We're probably going to need to do some social isolation me- measures, which means we got to stay away from each other and um, stock up on some food, but only like 30 days worth. Don't buy more than that because then you'll cause a crisis for other people. There's no reason to panic necessarily, but we do need to take basic steps to help not just us, but everyone else. And if you um, if you are thinking like, well, I'm not going to get sick or I'm in the young and healthy range, I'll walk you through why social isolation measures are really important, even if you don't feel sick or you don't think you're going to get sick or you don't think it'll really affect you. <coughs> Excuse me. And I do have a cold, so you'll hear me potentially cough. I'm not going to take the time to edit out any of this either because um, I have very limited work hours right now because my children are home. So let's start. What is coronavirus? What is COVID-19? Why is this dominating the media? Should we be spending so much time focusing on this? 
So a coronavirus is a type of virus. There are lots of viruses out there. And this one is a novel coronavirus, which means it's new. It is an upper respiratory tract illness. It was first identified in Wuhan. And the the difference between the word coronavirus and then COVID-19 is one of them is the actual name of the virus, and one of them is the name of the disease that humans get. So just like HIV is the name of the virus and AIDS is the name of the disease that humans get, coronavirus is the name of the virus, and COVID-19 is the name of the disease that humans get. A lot of the cases of coronavirus are mild, about 80% of them, but some of them are severe enough to need hospitalization and attention, and there is a pretty um, steep percentage of people that can die from it in the very, very severe cases that need critical attention. We're seeing death rates of like 1% to 5%, depending on who and where and how quickly we can mobilize to help people. A lot of this depends on the hospital infrastructure and the ability to care for the people that are in severe or critical condition. But generally speaking, yes, many, many, many of us are going to be okay, and many, many, many of us are only going to have mild versions of this cold. In fact, at the time of this recording, I have a sore throat, I have the sniffles, I have a cough, um, uh, even like... I don't know if this is psychosomatic or not, but I, you know, I have asthma, so I have a little bit of tightness of breathing. Um, but for the most part, this presents as a cold. I don't have a fever. I called my doctor on Wednesday and I said, hey, I think I have a cold. Um, and what it prompted us to do is, as a family, we said, we have a cold and we don't want to give this to anyone, especially in this climate. So we're going to start right now. We're going to start and we're going to self-quarantine because there's no reason to give this cold to anyone especially because we have jobs where we can work from home and we are able to. So the real problem here that we're dealing with that we need to address is not um, is not the disease itself necessarily. I'm trying to figure out how to say this in a way that makes the most sense. But the real problem we need to deal with is to prevent everyone from getting sick all at once. And the reason that that's a problem is because we have a very limited number of hospital beds and respirators and ventilators in our medical support system. Um, New York City, for example, has about 20,000 hospital beds, but it has a population of eight, I think, eight million people. So What we don't want to see is for a third of the city, almost 3 million people get sick all at once. And if you take, you know, 15% of cases are severe to critical condition. So if you take 15% of 3 million people, you're going to have 450,000 people that are in need, suddenly in need of help and support right away. Well, 450,000 people in 20,000 hospital beds, that's not going to work. So the most important thing that we can do is to prevent the spread of the disease and prevent um, everyone getting it at the same time. Over the next couple of years, I predict that we're all going to get this based on what epidemiologists said. There's going to be 40 to 70% of us that get it. Most of us are going to get it. Some of us will skip it. But what we need to do is slow down the spread of this virus so that we're not all getting it all at the same exact time. 
The reason that this presents a threat is because it is very contagious and because most of us don't show symptoms in the first two to 15 days. So we may be carrying the virus and spreading it around even if we look super healthy. So we all need to take steps, regardless of whether or not we personally think we're going to survive, to help prevent the spread of the disease into hospitals. The good news is that the steps that we take to help prevent things like this from spreading are pretty easy to do, or they're pretty clear to do. I'll put it that way. For some of us, it's a lot more disruptive than others. If you already work from home, or you already have a remote job, or you have a flex job, it may be a lot easier than if you have a job where it can be really challenging to take these steps. But the most important things to do are to stay as healthy as possible by drinking lots of water, eating fruits and vegetables, taking your vitamins if you take vitamins. Then wash your hands like a crazy person. You should be washing your hands so much that they are getting a little cracked. Mine are now, and I bought some Aquaphor or Vaseline to help rub on my hands after I wash them so frequently. If you don't have sanitizer, hand sanitizer handy, then take a look at wired.com. They have an excellent article on how to make your own home-based hand sanitizer. Don't touch your face. If you sneeze, sneeze into a Kleenex, throw it away, and wash your hands. This is the time for us to stop picking our noses. And I will say it out loud. I pick my nose, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to figure out better strategies for this. So... You know, the habits of working from home too much mean I got to get better at this and I need to use Kleenexes and throw them away. Don't touch your mouth. Don't touch your eyes. The average human touches their face 23 times per hour. And this is the main way that this kind of illness spreads, not just to us, but also from us to other people. So we need to be super conscientious that we're not touching our nose or our face or our eyes absentmindedly and then touching door handles and food in the grocery stores and subway handles and all of the places where we connect with other human beings. The next thing I'm sure you are all seeing is that schools are starting to shut down and workplaces are starting to shut down. I live in New York City and I work with people in Seattle and what's happening right now is Folks and places are canceling events, canceling large gatherings, and asking employees to work from home. We're going to see a very sudden and very swift uh, shift to working from home, and a lot of schools are closing for the next couple of weeks just to get a grip on what's happening and to see if that will help slow the virus. Now, this is something that is really challenging. And every city and town and state is probably going to do things slightly differently. And I want us all to remember that there are a lot of people making very complicated decisions. And there are pieces of this that have secondary and tertiary effects that maybe we don't fully understand. And I'll share an example. Um, In New York City, uh, we have an extremely high poverty rate. And uh, children who go to schools often they get their food from schools and they get medical attention from schools. So if we were to shut down the schools entirely, those children wouldn't have access to food or medical attention. Also, if we were to shut down some of those schools, uh, many of the, the parents of people who have children in these schools are nurses and hospital care providers. So we would be putting another strain on the healthcare providers that need to help the people who are sick. I am not an expert here. I don't have the answers to all of these 
complicated scenarios, but if you are feeling frustrated or angry because your state or department has decided one way or another, like, why aren't they shutting down the schools? Or why are they shutting down the schools? Or this is so complicated. I please know that, uh, that they are probably making very difficult decisions in complicated scenarios and weighing a lot of pros and cons. And I am assuming, I'm not an expert here, but I'm assuming in the case of New York City that one of the things they're doing is saying that it's really important that children get fed and that our healthcare workers are able to work. So we're going to keep the schools open for now, even though it may increase the risks. And they may change their stance over the next couple of days, but they are making these complex decisions, not in a vacuum and not lightly. Like The people who are working on these are working around the clock to try to figure this out. So that's my appeal towards having a little bit of empathy. If it seems super confusing or it's frustrating to you, there's a lot of complex factors going on. The next thing we can do as individuals is prepare by stocking up on some food um, for about 30 days. I don't anticipate that you're going to need it longer than that. We might, but please remember we can also get food ideally in a couple of weeks as well. This is just a critical time to st- to see what's happening and to watch and to wait and to stay home to help slow down the isolation fa- or to slow down the spread by increasing our self-isolation factors. So I stocked up on a lot of food. I've been buying um, about double the amount for the last two weeks every time I go to the grocery store. And I have a whole shopping list up on startuppregnant.com. And I'm sharing it to medium.com as well as sarahkpeck.com. And I'm collecting a bunch of resources, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) that I've found to help, that I found helpful for me. Um, I will be linking those in our Startup Pregnant Facebook group and on our website as well. So in terms of purchasing extra food, buy shelf-stable products if you can. So I bought crackers, tuna fish, um, chia seeds because I love chia seeds for breakfast, oats for breakfast. I bought some rice. I bought a bunch of lentils and beans, um, extra spices, extra oil, and then... uh, peanut butter. My kids love peanut butter. Peanut butter, nuts, dried fruits, things like that. Things that you can eat without having to keep them in the refrigerator. I stocked up my freezer and I included extra butter, some frozen meats, a lot of frozen vegetables, some frozen fruits for my kiddos because they love fruit. Um, And then got a couple extra gallons of milk some evaporated milk to have on the shelves, got a couple extra bags of coffee because we drink a lot of coffee in this household. And then in the fridge, I put a lot of eggs. I got 10 cartons of eggs. I've been buying like four at a time for the last couple of weeks because eggs last for six weeks um, in the fridge. So they're good through middle of May right now. And uh, we it's a really easy protein for us. We eat it for breakfast every day. Both my kids eat scrambled eggs. So those are some of the ideas. I'll put a full shopping list up on startuppregnant.com. If you want to, you can get some extra Mucinex and Sudafed from the the local pharmacy. Don't overbuy. Just buy 30 days worth uh, because you're either going to be fine or you're going to need some hospital attention. And in either case, you don't need to stock up on a ton of these resources. 
have your prescriptions filled in advance if you can. Um, I have asthma, so I called my doctor and I got my inhalers refilled. We also talked about getting a steroidal inhaler if I have a tougher time if I catch uh, this particular disease. But I do that anyways when I have a bad bout of bronchitis or a particularly nasty flu bug. We also have steamers at home. You can use just a sink with a towel over your head if you are feeling ill. Um, Vicks Vapor Rub, if that's all out at the stores, eucalyptus oil is really great. Just be careful, essential oils can burn, so just use a drop or two. Vitamin C, echinacea, elderberry, zinc, all of those are great things. But also remember that there are foods that have a lot of these uh, elements in them. I really love sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and chia seeds. Honestly, lots of seeds and nuts come nicely stocked with a lot of these resources that your body might crave and need. And so if you these things are out in the stores in their little pill form, go grab a bunch of sunflower seeds and chia seeds and pumpkin seeds and goji berries because those will be great and they will be just as helpful and effective. Have a couple bags of tangerines or oranges and you'll have your vitamin C quantities. So we don't need to get the pills just to just to feel better, we can also get these elements from other places. Other notes. So as this comes down the pike, and we start to see a lot of fear, and uh, I'm not going to call it hysteria. I think I think that what's happening is is relevant and important worry. And I think that it can cause a lot of people to be afraid. And so if you're feeling any of these things, um, take note of your feelings, take note of what's happening. And remember to take care of your mental health and your um, self care. Although, you know, asterisk, you all probably know that I don't love the term self care, especially when it comes to women. But in this case, I really it is important. Take care of ourselves and our mental health and our sanity, especially if you're going to be staying at home a lot more, we're going to be around our kids a lot more. We're going to be in tight quarters with people. Remember to do things and start to plan ahead for things like how will you exercise at home and who will you talk to on a regular basis? Um, What are some things that help make you feel better and stay sane? Can you practice deep breathing in the morning or do you have a way to lift some weights to really burn off some energy while you're at home? These are great practices to do, and I will probably do another episode on a little bit more of like the health and care practices we're doing at our home. But just remember that like taking care of yourself and your sanity, especially when stress is high, is also a very useful thing to do. We can prevent colds and viruses by reducing our stress levels also. Everyone is going to have a different type of reaction. So my background is in psychology and I am thinking a lot about like how the stress and fear can manifest in different people, how it plays out. And what we're, what we're going to see, we're going to see heightened tensions. We're going to see more outbursts. We're going to see more frustration. This means we will probably fight a little more with our partners. And it's not because we're necessarily fighting over the thing that the fight is about, but because we're both experiencing more stress. Um, there's, it's, it's going to be harder to keep calm. There's going to be a lot of extra anxiety. So take note and watch if somebody seems to be extra angry or frustrated, or they're reacting in a way that feels off for them. It's probably fear underneath or worry or concern. They're scared, right? And this is what's coming up for them. So if we can practice extra empathy and kindness with each other, um, let's do it. It's not easy, but we're going to try to understand that people are really stressed out and scared right now. 
That's it for now. I'm going to try to pop this up on to the Startup Pregnant podcast just so that you know where we are. Um, I wanted to cover a couple of the basics. Like, yes, it's really important that we all prepare and take this seriously. Uh, The most important things we can do to prepare are practice really great hygiene. Get a little bit of extra food at home if you do have to stay home. And I will be back here as much as I can to share some of the things that we are doing to help support you throughout this. If you have any questions in particular, go to startuppregnant.com question. You can uh, pop a, a voice note in there if you want, or you can email us at hello at startuppregnant.com. And feel free to send me a question. I am monitoring emails, but because we have both kids at home and we are now in... Um, <laughs> social distance in the social distancing age my husband and I are working from home together and the children are home at the same time so my work hours are much more limited so I will do my best but also if you're emailing me and it takes me seven days to get back that is normal right now this is the new normal so let's all figure out how to do this together let's take care of each other and support each other Let's take this seriously because that's going to be the most helpful in the long run. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. 